Take 95. <laughs> I am Alex, and I'm super. And I'm Dr. Kevin, and I'm the natural. <laughs> voice cracked. And I'm Pastor Rob, and I'm still a junkie. And we are the, the Supernatural Junkies. junkies. That yeah, wasn't bad. That's that was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. We are all here today, all in the house. And by that, I mean all the Supernatural Junkies. That includes Rob, Pastor Rob. He's been missing for so long, we finally let him out of the closet. Wee! I mean, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't mean that closet. That's oh, weird. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, he, he was never in, right. he was I think never in Rob that gets to be super today. Where does that leave you today, baby? I guess that makes me the junkie. Awesome. I've never been super before. I'm still natural. <laughs> Coming back in naturally as all ever before. Awesome. <laughs> so great to have Rob back in the house today. Yes, and because he is back in the house, we are going to start with something we haven't started um, for a long time, because Kevin is always jumping the gun to go. But um, we're going to do a supernatural <laughs> story. I, I have no trouble interrupting people. That's what people tell me. Cutting people off, hint, hint. <laughs> nudge, anyway. nudge. Right. Uh, so Rob's going to lead us in with a supernatural story. Yes, yes. This is one of my favorite ones. I was actually in Texas and a uh, young lady I was speaking to, she was about 23, she asked me if I would pray for her because her mother had cancer, and she wanted me to pray for her to receive the gift of healing so that she could pray for her mother, if you're following along with that. So obviously, I'll, I'll always pray for somebody. Why not, right? So I'm praying for her, and her mother's there. And um, I'm going to need to do a Venn diagram. It's free, I know, right? right? That was it's kind of hard to file or file follow. And um, or file. so or file both, right? And so I'm praying for her, and I said, you know, in Jesus' name, should it be your will? Will you pray for this? I pray for this young lady, and all of a sudden, um, we hear this large uh, pop in her wrist. And she looks at her mother, and the, the young girl goes down to her knees, and she starts crying, and her mother goes over to her, and they're both embracing each other, crying. And I'm just standing there going, what in the world's going on? And so we go over there. It turns out um, the young girl was from Russia, and when she was seven years old, her dad had put her in like a, a wrist lock and, and, and squeezed her hand so bad that it popped out of place, and she didn't have movement in it. And she'd had, I want to say, seven surgeries, and it just wouldn't go back. And so um, while praying for this young lady to receive the gift of healing to pray for her mother, the Lord healed her right on the spot. And what's interesting mm-hmm. enough is a lot of time we'll pray for somebody for healing, but we don't get to see the results immediately. Right. We'll get a story like a week later or two weeks later. But this happened instantaneously, and to hear that noise, and she was just, it was crazy. I wow. mean, it was amazing to see that. Um, again, usually it's, we'll hear it a week later. So that is one of my favorites of all time. I love it. And, uh, That's cool. you know, she, she'd lived like that for 13, 14 years, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty amazing. Well, Rob, I mean, just to add on to that story, Rob, actually, um, I dislocated my hand years ago, got smashed in a trailer. Um, Oof. yeah. And, and so she loves to get that hand adjusted to it's really her it. favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, but the thumb, because of the dislocation, um, because of that, I was having some issues, uh, with that thumb and being able to move it at all. She was having touch issues, really. Yeah, and it was it was it was like locked up. When it's locked up, you I can't do this. I can't bend it at uh. all. The top digit. So um, I was like, Hey, Rob, can you pray for healing for my thumb? And um, he and Kevin were both praying, and uh, he you had your hands around my oh, thumb or something. Right. I forgot about that. It was really weird because then um, you know because that's when Rob we we pray for healing for people all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think it's the first time I had Rob pray anything for me, so um, for healing, and because it was hurting so bad. And um, I, while he was doing that, all of a sudden there was like this loud, and I think that's is the that exact. like Sarah Palin? <laughs> no, that's a pew pew. This is right. Yeah, this I think it was more like that. One yeah, and it was it was very loud. I mean, he wasn't touching my thumb at all, and it was extremely loud. And I was like, that was weird. Did you hear that? He's, I mean, everybody at the table heard it. Mm-hmm. And um, then I could bend my thumb. I mean, I still have weird. issues with it now and then, but it's way better than it was because it was so, even my wrist was swollen, my thumb was swollen, and so, yeah, yeah. kind of wild. Same yeah, thing, though, that loud popping, and then um, he wasn't touching it at all, and mm-hmm. then it was fine. That's amazing because you weren't able to yeah. adjust it. I remember that before. She really wouldn't let wouldn't me let in. Anybody. Right. And then yeah. you just she, went. That's right when I that. really knew that there was clearly a miracle because wow. she even let me it's adjust like, it. Don't touch me. And how, it actually how could moved, I forget about that and one? And she yeah. removed even a little bit more that. after that. So, uh, yeah. you oh, know what's oh, so. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I want to add one thing to that. By the way, that's called an impartation for people who are wondering when you're asking to receive a spiritual gift. And it's, it is biblical and it's in the Bible. I believe it's in the book of Acts. Um, so, again, I, you could check that out on your own, but it's called an impartation. So, you know, and this goes along with the idea that, you know, people that have been healed, mm-hmm. here you think about what you were praying for. You were praying for, you know, she wasn't even praying for herself. Right. Mm-hmm. She was praying for, you know, again, you think about this. I, I live with this person, right? This mm-hmm. is my mom, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and she realizes that I've been reading my Bible and I realize that God still does miracles. Yep. And, and this is really powerful. And so here she is thinking to herself, well, you know, the solution isn't let's go down and find some pastor healer, right? Right. Let's believe God, mm-hmm. what he says in his word, and mm-hmm. let's have somebody come here and let's pray for healing, right? right. And so here she was praying for God to, to give her a gift of healing, mm-hmm. and what God did was actually heal her. Yes. And incredible. so I want you guys to think about this. If you've been healed in your life, mm-hmm. and I can think of two or three times where God has, you know, clearly taken something away from me. One mm. was uh, some dreams that I was having mm. when I was a kid. And another one was an earache that I had when I was a kid. And I absolutely know my mom prayed and these 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 bad dreams went away. Mm. And, uh, and they would really keep me up at night. Sure. And, uh, and the same thing, that one time I was in just such horrible pain with ear pain when I was a kid and my mom prayed. So every time I pray for somebody... It, it, and again, I don't necessarily think that I have this gift of healing, but I know I have been healed. Yeah. And so I can pray in mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. belief. Right. right. You have faith. I have faith because mm-hmm. of that. So if you've been healed in your life, you are called to pray for people in mm-hmm. healing. And so I think it's so interesting that the way God was working there is, is that he actually answered her prayer and showed her that I am a God of healing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this, this is probably my favorite story about healing. Um, I was uh, working my way through school. A lot of people don't know this, but I traveled and sold Christian educational material. And I was working a little show and a elderly gentleman, he was in his mid seventies and uh, he was out there selling, um, if you remember that old carpet cleaner, and uh, he's a really nice man. Turns out he was a Pentecostal healer, mm. and that's what he did. He traveled around, mm. and he told me every day, he would tell me cool stories about how God healed people. Mm. And uh, it was the last day of the show, and um, I remember we he told me a really good story. I remember smiling and kind of chuckling about it because it's just amazing how amazing God is, Right. And then, you know, a few minutes later, he comes over to me and his demeanor completely changed. Mm. And he says to me, he goes, but I never thought one time that it was me doing these healings. Right. Right. Absolutely. And he said, and he said, and then he said, why? He says, because every day for 30 years while I was doing this, he says, I went home to my sick wife and Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. God never healed her. And I knew that God could. Yep. Right. I would see literally, and you start to think back where, you know, Paul was, was had that thorn in the flesh himself. He's seeing miracles happen. So why, when I pray, why isn't this one going? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's the part where we have to know that some things are above our pay grade Mm -hmm. and realizing, you know, for this man, maybe that was his thorn in the flesh. The fact that he went home and he knew that God could work. Right. Mm -hmm. But he also knew that not everything I ask will always be answered. In other words, I'm not necessarily this God, the one who has to do that. And so you can see here that was kind of his thorn in the flesh, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it never stopped to keep him from praying. It never stopped him from believing and healing. But it was also this little check to say, hey, look, this is this is all about something that God does. And sometimes we just don't understand why God does or one one sometimes why he doesn't heal. And so that's one of my, my favorite stories. Well, and just at the end of the day, just to, I just wanted to say this. If, when you accept the Lord into your, your heart, you we all eventually receive our healing. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you yeah. all do get healing. You will yes. receive your healing. If you have cancer, you will no longer have that's cancer. Right. There will be no tears in your eyes. Yeah. Revelation 21.4. So check yes. it out. Amen. Amen. So we are going to, this episode is called Save Our Children. It's going to be two parts to it. And... Um, 
you know, this is one we've been simmering on for a while, and I know there's going to be a lot of uh, controversy, you know, already surrounding what's happening. But I'm going to just uh, jump right in here. So this was an article by the Wall Street Journal. And again, there's quite a few articles I've used by them, but this was by Marty uh, Bakari. And the name of it is The Flimsy Evidence Behind the CDC's Push to Vaccinate Your Children. Again, they're talking about vaccinating a group of people that when Rand Paul gets on and says kids that are 17 or under are more likely to die of a lightning strike. That's the kind of incidence rate that we're talking about here. While riding a motorcycle. Or <laughs> In a Sharknado. In a Sharknado. Yeah. But again, they it's... They all have to coexist at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so here's the number. This is the number every American needs to know. And by the way, this was in July of 2021. Okay? So here you are. Uh, uh, let's see. We're, you're 19 months into the COVID narrative. And 335 kids have died. That's it, folks. Remember, in a, in a normal flu year, we could see 300 kids die, right? So here we are a year and a half, and we're only 335 kids. Now, the other thing to make note here is that the CDC has 21,000 employees. Has the CDC ever checked into exactly why or investigated any of the details about these 335 kids? We do not have any details. We do not know whether they had comorbidities. Alex has got the crazy hands going again. <laughs> I feel like I'm being pointed at. and uh, <laughs> It's hard for me to tell when she's trying to jump in because... <laughs> well, we do know that... 200 and what 48 of those children from the John Hopkins studies, maybe 252, um, that those children, I mean, if this correlates with that study, out of 252,000 children they studied, um, 200 and something died. But they, those children that did die, the 200 whatever number, um, had comorbidities. Yes, and we, if you think back to the CDC admitting right out of the box in really July of 2020, that 94% of the people that died of COVID had underlying conditions. Certainly there's no reason to think that this wouldn't also be true of these kids that died. So again, these are not healthy kids. So this is really important for us to understand because people are different. And in order to treat people appropriately, we do differential diagnosis. We don't treat everyone the same. If a kid has a lot of underlying conditions, the kind of recommendations we make are completely different. And that's what people need to understand. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read this because this is what she says. I've written hundreds of peer-reviewed medical studies, and I can think of no journal editor who would accept the claim that 335 deaths resulted from a virus without data to indicate if the virus was incidental or casual related without any analysis of relevant doctors such as obesity. So again, here we are recommending these studies, and she's saying this is egregious. This is ridiculous that we're recommending treatment for something that is so small on the scale. And again, without data on these people, without any real information and an, an, an analysis of even the risk factors. And you'll see we're going to get into some of those risk factors. And of course, when we talk about risk factors, the Vayner system always comes into play. And that, again, remember, 85% of those reports are coming from healthcare professionals, right? And these numbers on the Vayner system cost time and cost money in order to make, which means as far as financial incentives, the Vayner system is something that is actually negatively reinforced. It costs money and time. Whereas all the other systems, those 335 kids that died, all died under huge financial incentives, meaning to give them a COVID diagnosis, right? Because it's the most valuable one. So you start to see here, you know, this discrepancy between the two systems. And we'll talk a little more about the VAERS and how it integrates as we go through. But uh, Rob, you were talking to me the other day about the, the president of the United States, and he just gave a little bit of a... Um, kind of a brief uh, summary and actually address the press. I don't know what kind of questions answered, but you were talking to me about some of the things they were talking about for, for vaccinating children. Yeah, one of the questions that came in the press conference, it was, it was about an hour and a half long press conference. And by the way, it's his first 
press conference, open press conference that he held, and he did it on day 364 um, of his term. So, and uh, which is <laughs> took that long yeah, to get him pumped full yeah, of the red meds. Yeah, he wanted to be able to say he took one at least one during the year, unfortunately. But one of the questions was, is uh, Mr. President, what are you going to do for the children who are uh, zero through age five that haven't been talked about for a vaccine from them and all the weird, worried and scared scared parents out there who are trembling, and cre- something like that. that. It was very dramatic. And <laughs> he just said, basically, he said, I'm not a scientist. We're working on it. You know, basically like that. I and mean, what else is he going to say? But but to be that dramatic, too, by the reporter, even what is she even talking it's, about? It's so what coaxed, is, what right? Is, that was completely. So contrived. That was, that was a complete staged act. It was terrifying. <laughs> It was it was bad. It, it was reminds really bad. me of the Supreme Court justice saying that there's people a <laughs> hundred thousand people hospitalized, oh, right? Hospitalized, yeah, whatever I said yeah, there, and and these people him. are all on ventilators. When yeah. we found out there was only thirty five hundred, right. yeah, they call her out on it. Thankfully, the yes. press actually called her out on it. Thankfully, and she should definitely make all of our medical decisions based <laughs> upon these facts, and that's what that's she actually point. did. And I was, yeah, was going to say, and should she did. I rant now? This is my rant. No, I thought that was Rob's rant. Oh, that was Rob's rant? <laughs> yeah, let him That's go. Okay. Rob's rant should read to my rant. We should all rant. Jump in one big rant. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, we, we did talk a little bit about the Supreme Court, but my rant is really simple, that when the Supreme Court has two cases, they're the same case in each either case, whether companies should be forced to vaccinate their employees and whether healthcare professionals should be forced to be vaccinated. And so it's the mm-hmm. same case in both situations, but they rule differently. Companies don't have to force their, their employees to get vaccinated. But here is the Supreme Court with absolute false information deciding that doctors and nurses and every healthcare provider has to take an experimental jab, right? And how do you know it's experimental? Well, it's not Comerity, folks. That's what's been actually approved by the FDA. So if you're not Mm -hmm. taking Comerity, you're taking a what? Experimental drug. So think about this. This is the Supreme Court of the United States taking out its pen and write a prescription for every doctor and nurse. (laughs) (laughs) So what I don't want us to glaze past is that if you're getting the vaccine, vaccine, that COVID vaccine in the United States, you are actually taking the experimental drug because that comarinity, whatever it's called. It's not available. Right. It's not available here in America. So um, everyone... You are part of those drug trials. I know we keep stressing that, but that's because it's true. And you're going to see that come out in these studies well. But where I'm going with that is think about this. If the Supreme Court justice walks into the doctor's Uh office, I pray that every single one of them, when they do this, they say, well, I don't know why you're here. You wrote a prescription for me and you told me I have to take it. I don't even have a choice or I lose my job. Mm. Why are you here? Oh, you want me to write a script for you? Because, by the way, if your doctor doesn't write a script, <laughs> nothing actually happens, right? I have my script pad, too, doctor. It says, here, a prescription to kiss my butt, <laughs> right. I would say, I don't know why you're here. You would clearly know how to make better medical decisions. <laughs> so think about this, folks. The people that help us and guide us to make all of our medical decisions have been taking away their own right to make their own medical right. decisions right. by and their that peers is too. by their by their peers and right. so these yeah they're not their peers these are just some people that clearly don't even have the right, right information yeah so right. this is why for me it's really simple unfortunately if this mandate passes down the way it is all of a sudden i cannot accept medicare or medicaid patients mm. and that could actually happen in my office because yeah. i refuse to work for our government that again starts to do this so this is the the, the fallacy and again it's overreach exactly and so this is what I wanted to point out that he didn't get to point out last time. No, I feel better about myself. Well, doesn't that hurt the people who are financially in a bad position and the elderly who don't you know, have is well, that who typically is taking Medicare, Medicaid? Absolutely. These yeah. are the people that have paid for this. And uh-huh. these, you know, to me, there was a time where just taking that in my office was like, okay, like practically treating them for free. I mean, sure. it's, a, it's a break even probably. Sure. But, you know, it's like I take it because I'm an American and that's right. the greatest generation maybe yeah. that's ever existed on the planet. Sure, sure. So I hate to do that. But right. unfortunately, we don't know how this will actually come down Absolutely, the pike. Absolutely, yeah. But again, I'm not taking a jab just so right. that I can treat those patients. Of course not. Right? Of course not. So this is why I say these are egregious. And they actually argued yeah. that, that hospitals are at capacity. Well, they're not. 
Right. Okay. But they are at capacity based upon the number of people they have to work. Right. Why? Because they literally fired 15% of the staff. Right. And that's what's creating these shortages. That's why they're at capacity. Right. So their own mandate, their own prescription. I'm sorry, the Supreme Court does not have the right to write a prescription for medical procedures to doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. We are the ones who write scripts. We are the ones who have the power to do this, not them. Mm -hmm. And so they really need to recuse themselves because clearly they're not in a position to make these decisions. Yeah, yeah, because what I was getting at is it's shame on them for doing that, the people who can't even, who need help and can't get it now because, you know, it's crazy. And they would understand it the minute they walk into the door when the doctor says, I'm sorry, what what do you want me to do? Right. For you, you already know everything, right? Yeah, it's not the doctor's fault. So um, Alex and I both got to listen to Dr. Larry Pilevsky, and uh, you yep. can actually, his last name is spelled P-A-L-E-V-S-K-Y. He's and a he, pediatrician. Yes, he's one of the few pediatricians that has really been able to come out and uh, really talk about really the good. safety and efficacy of these vaccines and, and why this is so egregious. Um, well, he was mentioning that he felt like, um, when we saw him and got to talk to him, that once this whole thing plays out, this this COVID vaccine plays out, and the kids start dropping, right, dying, because that's what's going to happen, um, from taking this jab, he feels like the field of pediatrics is going to completely disappear because the rage um, people will feel about this, and they will blame the pediatricians for going along with this narrative. Um, and that's a frightening thought, but he's he really, he meant it. He's like, you know, I feel like pediatrics, once this plays out, done, no more. Well, and he he had that video. Yeah. It just went on for because, like five minutes, flashing one after another yeah. of of newspaper articles or video clips of young athletes that just dropped dead on the field. Well, yeah, that, that brings us to a study that was recently done um, with the Big Ten athletes. So these are college kids, right? They're not kids, but you know, compared to us. Um Except for Rob, he's the youngin. But, yeah. um, but these kids, you know, these Big Ten athletes. So um, what they found was uh, that had taken the vaccine, 50% of them um, had myocarditis and had absolutely no symptoms. And it wasn't until they had the cardiac MRI that even showed it. So these are the ones that are the most at risk at sudden death, like on the field. 50% of them, 50% of those top 10. These are peak athletes, right? These guys are in good condition. Um they they work out all the time that you know this is their career this is how they they go to school mm-hmm. right it's paying they're hoping to go pro um yeah 50 percent of them have myocarditis unknown to them completely mm-hmm. no symptoms so those are the ones that are going to go out there play unknowingly drop dead on the field mm-hmm. and um the, that's horrifying i mean it should be horrifying because that's what's coming for our kids as well if we keep up with this if we allow this to happen um, and make no mistake, if this happens, we are allowing it. It's because we are allowing it. Because as Americans, people are watching what happens here. And for a lot of people, they're like, that's the way they're going to go as well. They're going to follow whatever we're doing. Yes. So we really need to be um, judicious and we need to um, stand up and stand together and say, you're not killing my kid or anyone else's. Let's stop this. Mm-hmm. Well, and he did a nice job of talking about what it was it like to be a pediatrician in 2020. And mm-hmm. he was really just saying that kids just didn't have this, right? And he's talked about right. how the vaccine comes out and all of a sudden now we have lots more problems. And he specifically talked about how the spike proteins really affect a lot of their the, the body and, and the blood and talks about how it crossed the blood-brain barrier, yeah. kidneys, limp, heart, and all this stuff. And of course, definitely we're going to hit the myocarditis thing multiple times. He talked about the delivery system too, that this, this, this spike protein, you know, encoding for this in the mRNA and that even in the Johnson and Johnson, but these lipid nanoparticles are, are fat, like they're little fat, fat envelopes, fat envelopes. And, Mm -hmm. and because of that, it seems to target specific areas of the body and of course one of them is the spleen which is why we get some some antibody production and the ovaries mm-hmm. and also reproductive tissues in particular so um, again you can start to see where this could be why we're seeing these things happen we're seeing the spike proteins obviously affecting the heart and the circulatory systems as mm-hmm. well well I was uh, you know so I'm booted off Reddit but I can still read their stuff okay I'm still trying <laughs> to work on getting booted off <laughs> oh, 
It didn't. Ta- it, I think it took like two weeks, not even. And they're like, and I came on done. as Hitler p- number two. Right. Wow. And they were like, yes, you're welcome to stay on. Wow. Um, yeah, he signed up as jihadi number one. And, um, <laughs> he spelled oh, it J I H O T T I E. Yeah, no, exactly. Just kidding. <laughs> um, don't look for it because it's not on there. Um, but anyway, I got booted, so I still get their messages that when I can see the boards and. Um, it's shocking to me because so many people are complaining about, especially um, men that have gotten this younger men saying that they can no longer get an erection Ugh. and that they're, um, they were, they had some swelling like right above the um, pubis area and mm-hmm. that um, it was sore and painful for weeks. And I just love that everyone's responses are like, my doctor said it was totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> with the other vaccines, your DTP or DPT, did you get mm. that? Did you, uh, with the other ones? No? Mm. I mean, You, you were telling normal. me uh, some female symptoms that people were having as well. Yeah. Okay. So this is really scary. A friend of mine who's um, been... Uh, she's menopause for five years. So she hasn't had her menstruation, right? Um, because she's through it. And, um, the job that she has, she's around a lot of unvaccinated people. She said, so when, um, we opened back up and vaccinated people were, you know, everywhere and mostly vaccinated, not because the unvaccinated are shunned. So, um, just from working on being near them in like, you know, maybe five, six hours a day, uh, she, after five years of not having a period, suddenly started hemorrhaging like i mean because that's all you can call it because she's done with her period seriously yeah oh Oh, yeah um and she said she had it two or three times and like very very heavy and painful and hadn't had a period for five years like why is she suddenly going back that was supposed to be over with yeah for her but not anymore yeah that's wild so and i've read a ton of stuff people saying that on the boards even wow um, it, the information's out there. They're just not putting it all together because they're not yeah. allowing us. By the mm-hmm. way, there is a new, um, not VAERS, but there's a new system for reporting COVID vaccine injuries. Um, and there's a, we'll talk about that next time, why they're separating it out the way they are. It is to make it more difficult to track all these things, but um, it's kind of crazy. But yeah, there's a, I forget the name of it, but we'll have that on the next one. So um, he really goes off on a lot of the stuff about the jab. Again, we're talking about Dr. Larry Pilevsky. Um, He says normally it would take 15 years to come up with a vaccine in general. And again, they did this in about 10 months. So you start to see, you know, the unprecedented nature. But talking about our children, when they come up with with a jab for the kids, this is what was just stunning. I'm sorry. If you don't find this shocking, you should. Yeah. He says that all of a sudden they have an oral blood thinner approved for pediatrics, right? Yeah, in July. So why would, again... For the first time ever. For the first mm-hmm. time ever, it comes out along with... An a, a oral blood thinner is approved just because of this. So this is called uh, tromo, uh, tromethamine. Yeah. And again, it's also a stabilizer for heart attacks. And this is one of the other things that are in there. So this is, again trying to stabilize what? Heart attacks. So we see a blood thinner approved. We actually see them including this tromethamine inside the jab. And uh, the FDA does have a briefing on that. Yeah, but again, look it up. there's no so, safety testing on some of this but, stuff, so, right? Well, Kevin doesn't want to get into it this, this time. But to be honest with you, you can look from NIH, you can look up CDC, and there are actually no childhood safety studies for any vaccines not just this one folks any go ahead Mm. look it up please look Mm. it up you will not find any because they haven't done any that's horrifying we're going to see some admissions in one of the statements from the cdc themselves one of their administrators and it looks like we are going to do that today yeah, <laughs> like, looking at the notes because we're like, how far are we going to make into this thing? You know, <laughs> so if if you aren't shocked, they already know the myocarditis thing, and they have right. now putting approving a blood thinner. They put a, something that helps to stabilize heart attacks called uh, tromethamine. And uh, so this is all coming around. Yeah, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Because they know know. they're going to be doing this to children, folks. Wow. And that is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. This was an article of thetruereporter.com. Is the media programming us to normalize stroke heart attacks in the U.S. for children and young adults? So what did we see that was so egregious? I'll tell you what we saw. He's not going to tell you, but 
he just thought, I'll tell you what we saw. Because that does, word does not mean what you think that word yeah, means. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Inconceivable. Um, yeah, we saw, a, it was a bus. I know we've talked about this before. There was an ad on a bus that says, children have strokes or children have heart attacks. Do you know the symptoms? Uh, no, they really don't. Also, um, I've heard from a few people. They have doctors, some pediatricians convinced that myocarditis is mild and that's what they're telling people because i have read that on the you just have a mild case there's no folks there's no such thing as mild myocarditis well they didn't (laughs) die dead on the field so it was mild yeah because um you know just look up anything uh one of the world's most famous cardiologists and the most published in the united states um baylor university Uh, cardiologist Peter McCullough will let you know that's what he does there's no such thing as mild myocarditis once the Mm. heart cells die they die they cannot be regenerated Um, and 50% of those within the first five years um, will have something some serious um, cardiac infraction from that um, possibly die 80% um, dead within 11 years. So I know we've harped on that before too, but that's that should be really scary because if they're thinking about giving this to two-year-olds, what does that mean? That you've damned 80% of those that get it to yeah. uh, death right. at 13? Yeah. Well, we've yeah. seen that, you know, the statistics can be that's very high just in a matter of five years that they can see most of those kids die. So this is mm. virtually a, a death sentence right. in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, as we keep pushing through here, this article, again, drops into talking about natural immunity. Again, natural immunity is, again, portrayed as completely, it doesn't really exist. Right. The only immunity is a vaccinated immunity, and that's how they're painting the unjabbed as actually unclean. And mm-hmm. then they actually blame us for everything. But again, that's like you saying, well, the reason we have MRSA it's because of natural immunity. Mm. It's not because <laughs> we overuse antibiotics. <laughs> I mean, that's how dumb, you know, this would, would come across. So you can see here that we talked about so many times about how the science defies the mandate and defies and logic, the discrimination that's really happening here. Yeah. So, you know, you think about this. Why do we want spike proteins in our body? Why would we overrule what God says our body should do and make us produce spike proteins? And where do these things land, right? And this is certainly why you can see we having all these problems with the vaccine. But one of the things that Dr. Pilevsky brought up was that what if we had normal healthy tissues in our body that were somewhat like these spike proteins? What if our body then began to attack that? then all of a sudden you can start to see we've created an immune response to our own body and actually create. He proposed that as a possibility for maybe why we're seeing some of these complications. So, you know, that's where we get into this entire scenario where we are playing with something, and you're going to see this statement come up here soon, where we talk. they admit, hey, this is the trial. We, we just have to do this right. and find out what's going to happen. And, of course, it's... Nobody wants to hear that. If my doctor said, well, we're just going to do this and then we'll find out what's happening. Mm. Would you would you submit your child to that? Mm. Folks, that's what they're actually asking, right? I would just say if your doctor, like, you know, I know we've briefly touched on it. It says, um, here, I'm going to give you that vaccine. I mean, ask them, even any vaccine, ask them to list um, maybe five of the 12 ingredients. See if they can do it. Mm. <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, I'm going to say probably not. I mean, even if that pisses them off. And also, is this one of the deadly lots? They should know those lot numbers, shouldn't they? Isn't that the deal? Shouldn't you look that up? And now that we know there's five especially deadly lots, we should know those. And the doctors should know those as well. When I saw my doctor recently, I was in there and and she said, um, what'd she say? Oh, have you been vaccinated? And I said, no, I, I, I haven't. And I wasn't going to go into a rant with her. And, and she goes, I said, well, I said, what are your feelings about it? She goes, well, she goes, seems, she, what'd she say? Um, things seem to be, nah, I don't really see anything wrong with it. I think it'll, it sounds okay to me. She was, was kind of like, <laughs> like, eh, looks good. Whatever. I think we're okay. I could tell that she hadn't done any real research. Yeah, you most know what of I mean? them Which don't, is yeah. scary. She's just doing what, she works for a, a large chain if you will and i think she's just doing what she's told right you know so it's scary well i've seen a tiktok um pharmacist uh the woman was up at the desk and she's like so um can you tell me what's in this vaccine he goes yeah yeah there's a there's a sheet with it all the stuff on there and she's like really well um how come 
no no one else has it. And she goes, no, 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 that's what the doctors were getting at first. He goes, but we're getting the full information sheet with all the stuff on there. So, And she's like, oh, can you show me that? And so he opened it up, and it was completely blank. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like I don't. I don't know why this is blank. He's like, let me let me go look online. She goes, no, no, no. She goes, they're all blank. I already know that. She goes, I was just seeing if you knew that. Wow. And um, and she's like, so if this doesn't have what's in there, why are you willing to give it to people? And he was just very honest. And he goes, you know what? To be honest with you, he goes, I'm not comfortable with that. I didn't know that. He's like, I thought they were putting actual, they were telling us what was in it now. He goes, I didn't realize that. He goes, I'm not comfortable. She goes, and why are you pushing us on people? He goes, because this is my job and this is, the place right. that I work at, and they, right. they make me. Yeah, like, oh. they told me to. Hmm. People don't realize that Obamacare was the opposite of governmental takeover. It was hmm. the big business that took them over. Oh, sure. This is the ploy, unfortunately, that one of our political parties likes to use, that supposedly they stick up for the little guy, but then again, the rich get richer every time they're in. And this has never been more true. Right. We put a hundred, we put a million, you know, small businesses out of work, mm -hmm. but again, Congress made six hundred billion dollars, right? So right. you start to <laughs> and see, Amazon, right? Yeah. Costco. Look at all these other people, all these companies, because oh. you can't catch I COVID mean, if you go to the supermarket. Right? Right. These are these are the kinds of things people need to <laughs> well, think through. It depends through. on the supermarket. Yeah, if, if you get to Walmart, you're okay. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Certain, Walmart and Costco. Certain ones, and you're not. Totally fine. <laughs> they have way more stringent cleaning. I mean, haven't you been to a Walmart and you're like, hey, this place looks immaculate. Well, this yeah. is the fall of the money thing. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, came right out of um, the blaze, and this is uh, Horowitz. And uh, the FDA's own Pfizer approval documents suggest myocarditis from the shot might be a bigger threat than COVID. Let me read that again. FDA's own Pfizer approval documents suggest myocarditis from the shot might be a bigger threat than COVID. That means mm -hmm. we are giving something, again, What's the number one Hippocratic Oath? If you are looking here as a doctor, the number one Hippocratic Oath is to Wait, do, do more no harm. harm. <laughs> oh, do more sorry. harm. Sorry, I got right? it wrong. I tell people that when they go to the gym, your number one goal is to not hurt yourself. Yeah. Because people that hurt themselves don't go to the gym. Right, right. <laughs> right? And this is the same thing here. <laughs> number right? two goal, hurt someone else. So here's... here's <laughs> Just not right. yourself. Here's in Pfizer's FDA briefing document prepared for October 25th. Okay, was an admission that even according to the company's own unverified and misleading math, there is a scenario where it would be more hospitalizations among children for myocarditis than from CODIF. They literally admit it. The overall right. benefits of the vaccine may still outweigh the risks under the lowest incident scenario. So isn't that an omission? Here we are saying mm. that the cure could be worse than the disease. Wow. And if you are talking about your children, would you submit your children to this, Rob? How do you, I mean, you think about this. I am i don't know. I mean, these are my kids, your kids. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor, yada, yada, yada. You hear something like this and you think, what? how do you feel? Yeah, no, there, there's absolutely no way. And I have to tell you, um, people ask me, are you not getting your kids vaccinated for religious reasons and all that stuff? I said, religious reasons aside, are you, how could anybody even consider this? I know. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. just, even if you put religion aside no, and it, what your religious faith is and beliefs, right. it's just. It's not, it's not evangelicals against the vaxxers. Right. It's, not, it's bigger than that. It's not anti-vax against vaxxers. It's, those are just terms we use to separate from mm -hmm. each other. That's not what this is, is about at all. There's just no benefit to it. No, there's But not. a lot of risk and a lot of potential harm. Um, if only it were as simple as they want to make it sound. Like it really, it's the Christians against it. It isn't people, and, and that's not how we feel about it either. We mm -hmm. just don't want to see that harm that can come from this. Right, right, absolutely. I, I was outside of um, a pharmacy. I think it was about two weeks ago, and they had uh, there's these two kids. I would say probably like 13 and 14 ish, right around there, uh, uh, brother and sister, and they both had red band aids, and they just oh. got their vaccine shot, and they were standing in front of their car, and their parents were all smiling and. They were taking a picture of them. They were side by side, and the kids had this look of, oh, boy. And then the parents were all like, yay, come on, show us your arms. And they were, like, celebrating it. Mm. You know, I don't know. I mean, they were probably just looking forward to putting it on their Facebook page that night or something. But <laughs> it just really was Right, because uh, it's, it's a moral. Turn. It's a moral thing. Now, right. now, if you don't get the vaccine and your children are vaccinated, it's because you want to hurt people. It's right. because there's some moral failure. Right. It's ridiculous. And, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but that they were these bright red band-aids, too. Oh, you know, no. This wasn't, you yeah. know what I mean? They were they're like, look at cool. me. Yeah. Right. It was like, right. It's so weird. Ugh. Well, you saw, I mean, there's 
that there's, makes it all better. Red right, band-aids. Because they're red. Well, there's a, there was a rap person who, <laughs> you know how old I am, and I'm like, they're not a rap person. I don't know what their name is. Come on, break into it. Right? Yeah. Um, and it was a commercial. And I don't know if it was commercial or it's a video that the guy had in the outfit because he's he designs clothes too. He's mm. part of a clothing manufacturer. But he had a mask, neon mask that matched his outfit, and they had the neon lights on under it. And mm. it had like a little area for like where you could open it up to get a vaccine oh wow. like it's so cool guys mm. it's so cool see it's how so cool, cool we are oh. everybody we're so cool oh, yeah you, yeah and you're like no you look stupid <laughs> you look ridiculous. so stupid like <laughs> you're gonna be dead in five years you're not gonna mm. have you know what does it is that your outfit you're gonna be buried into Oh, I mean, come on. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was watching an NBA game last night, um, basketball. And in the commercial break, there was, uh, it said, NBA cares. And it was this music in this in the background, you know, with the violins and all this stuff. And it was just pictures of star basketball players getting their vaccine Oh, well, shot. they have to do that because there's lots of um, very, very popular NBA players who oh, are yeah. like, no bueno. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so they had all these and they were like Kyrie smiling Irving. and a thumbs up and all this stuff. And it was just, wow. Yeah, and Kyrie Irving, he, yeah, you know, he's yeah. not Christian. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, from what I can tell from looking at his posts, right? But he's just—he's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, hails to the no, right, you know? right. Well, and that's why I say, and he's either. very well informed about it, by the way. And, and then there's actually, sorry about the um, Antonio Brown from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, well, he was just let go, but prior to that, he actually was um, uh, suspended from the NFL for three three weeks because he actually made a fake vaccine oh, I know. Um, card. card yeah. yeah and his uh his personal chef ratted him out but here's <laughs> the interesting part um aaron Rodgers, right that's his oh name. Yeah, yeah so um yeah. the protocol that he was on was so successful mm-hmm. that the nfl are actually adopting that yeah. for their players to take whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated because they felt that his recovery was so mm-hmm. um you know well yeah. he, he recovered so quickly yeah so um just I mean, look at the contradictions, right? Mm. We're being told, oh, he's bad. However, we're going to now adopt, right. you know, for the entire NFL, his protocol right. that he used. Absolutely. And oh, and one other <laughs> thing about Aaron Rodgers is he's up for most valuable player of the NFL. It's, it's between like three people. And one of the. Was I on there? Yeah, well, you were actually one of them as well. I too. thought so. I thought <laughs> and so, for those of you who don't know, there's 50 sports writers. And I don't know why sports writers are the ones who get to choose this. Probably should be their peers, but 50 sports writers vote to choose who's going to be the MVP. One of the, uh, the sports writers who came out said he will not vote for Aaron Rodgers because of my not getting the vaccines. It shows how irresponsible and what a bad leader he is. So he's not going to vote for him because he didn't take the vaccine. (laughs) So Aaron Rodgers said, they asked him in an interview, what do you think about that? He goes, that guy's stupid. Nobody knew who he was until he said he wouldn't vote for me. (laughs) Exactly. See, how's that sound? So yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, as we get back to the children's narrative here. It's like children. Children like sports. That was a right? beautiful segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, all of this is relevant, folks. Let's let's face it. Here's what I'm trying to say. And they said it exactly in this article. These people are not trying to convince us anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not even willing to talk about it. They'll even admit this stuff and they're still going to move forward because they're irrationally convinced, right? That vaccine narrative, to be vaccine hesitant is the most evil thing on the planet. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you read your Bible 2,000 years ago, Mm -hmm. it said the beast government would have to have access to your body to pull off its ultimate plan. Folks, our bodies have been the target all along. And this is what we have to remember. This is why they're irrationally committed to doing this to us, right? Mm-hmm. They're not trying to confuse it. They're using brute force, okay? And even upon our children, based completely on false information. Um, here's some more statistics. Already in March, and this is of 2021, 42% of children, according to the CDC, 5 to 17, 42% already have natural immunity. Now, this we're talking about this Horowitz article, but there was another Horowitz article that, again, on the blaze, that's 15, covered 15 studies that indicate natural immunity from prior infection is more robust than COVID vaccines. Now, we know that's very, very true. Uh, the CDC on the 2nd of September admitted they have zero cases of somebody that had COVID, had immunity to COVID, and then somehow spread COVID later. So the one people that aren't killing people, according to our own president, 
are the people that have natural immunity, mm. right? Now, even in this infinitesimal <clears throat> risk of serious illness to children, right? But wait, he's the same person that called all the unvaccinated murderers. Exactly. Yes, yes. Right. I mean, so many contradictions. He's, he's trying to That's keep what our I'm country saying. together. The you know, only that. people that aren't murderers are people with natural immunity. People that take in vaccine, we know. Fauci, Walensky admitted they spread it and catch it just like us. Mm. But we're the only ones that get tested. So you start to see this breakdown of basic logic. They're saying things that are completely contradictory. Um, he talks about specifically that this infinitesimal risk and it specifically hits kids with comorbidities, and that's what they deal with in this particular article. Um, let me read a couple things here. It says, A study published in the Journal of American Academy of Pediatrics found that nearly one-half of the infected children and co-infection with other common respiratory pathogens. In other words, they may have come up with a positive test while they had okay, other things going on with COVID. In other words, they were there, like Fauci has admitted later, that people are being... Um, at, they're at the hospital being treated for something. They're not being treated for COVID. They're being treated with COVID. And so this is very important that we mm. realize this cooking of the books is happening. Mm. Uh, this is the scientists from the University of College London and the University of York, Bristol, and Liverpool study the data from the pediatric COVID-19 infections. And this is in the UK, found that 61% of the reported pediatric COVID deaths were overstated. Again, you can see again an initiating, you know, complete falsifying of information. Why? Because the spirit of fear, right? That's what hate does. It causes fear mm -hmm. and coerces us to make decisions that we wouldn't normally make. Right. So this analysis, again, you start to think about all these things that they're arguing. It still assumes that the vaccine's actually effective. And we know absolutely now it isn't. Uh, just last... Uh, episode we were talking about how the canadian study and the denmark study showed that again people that were catching the omicron were actually twice twice as more likely to catch the omicron twice variant. eh twice as more no like hmm. totally eh? like totally <laughs> twice as many wow, eh? Eh? no way take a take off eh <laughs> <laughs> so um you could start to see here you know that we're we're getting a, a bitter pill to swallow here so the other thing it talks about is that your analysis ignores the fact that there clearly are lots of other treatment options and they're ignoring the side effects that are happening here. Uh, the preprint of the University of California Davis found that for boys 12 to 15 without medical comorbidities receiving their second RN, this is their second mRNA vaccination dose, the rate of cardiac, cardiac adverse events was 3.7 to 6.1 times higher than their 120 day COVID-19 hospitalization risk. So that means that kids are clearly 3.5 to 6.1 times more likely to go to the hospital because of this. So again, the cure, folks, is worse than the disease. Mm -hmm. Do no harm. This is breaking the Hippocratic Oath. And that's why we have to hope and pray that we're going to see doctors in this country wake up. Right, that we we can't. It doesn't matter whether we lose our jobs. What if we lose our whole? What if we lose children? Right. Mm. If our children don't matter to us, right. right this mm -hmm. is the thing. You know, you start to think about abortion. You start mm -hmm. to think about a lot of the things that the Bible cannot tolerate, and the Bible talks about generations that fell away. It always came down to the children, right. especially child sacrifice. I mean, once a, a society started to do that, and you can see that this is another thing that seems to be connecting us to the fact that we don't care. You know, we're not even going to investigate this narrative with respect to our children. Mm -hmm. So you can see this is why this is. these are dangerous times that we're really living in. So then this brings me to probably what for me would be the most egregious thing and maybe we'll we'll talk about in this whole time in this series. But the New York Times issued a correction after egregiously exaggerating coronavirus child hospitalizations. So this happened, um, you know, and again, here we have the U.S., you know, forging ahead with child vaccinations, right? Mm -hmm. Healthcare officials, again, are, are voting this for people, right? And this is, again, becoming common place there's some schools that you can't even go to school in some states unless you vaccinate your children right so Countries, not only yeah. yes not only are we wildly overestimating the child hospitalizations but this is what happened the new york times actually said okay that there were 900,000 people okay children that were hospitalized since the beginning of the pandemic so when they retracted that almost a million 
what did they retract it to? What was the real number here? Only 63,000. Mm. Big you, difference. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, you know, you think, and, and I don't know if you guys, but, you know, when I go to the doctor myself and, and even when I work with my patients, I try and give them some, some numbers, okay? Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. go, what are you thinking? Well, first of all, there is no such one treatment, right? There's no way, you know, everybody's different, right? Even blood pressure med, three, four meds before somebody can get that control sometimes, mm -hmm. right? So there's just, you know, we give them a range, right? So imagine if you are a parent thinking there's millions of kids hospitalized for this, right? Mm -hmm. That is completely enough to what? Create fear and panic, and to find out there was only 63,000 to that date. Wow. This is egregious. And, and you have to ask yourself, this is probably uh, the information that our Supreme Court Justice had. Mm. She probably believes mm. the old number. Right. And the fact that they had to retract it tells you the complete irresponsibility of what's going on in the world. And you think back to all the things that they've had to retract. You know, this number is affecting our children and probably... For myself, this proves premeditation that they're purposely retracting information and then nobody will ever hear of that retraction. Right. So that's probably going to be all we have on this particular episode. And uh, we've been promising you Rob's going to be coming back on the show and finally we're able to get him. And we're also, Rob's going to be telling us that uh, he's got some new opportunities and he's going to be moving <laughs> on to and uh, just take it over Rob and just tell everybody what's going on with you, man. Sure. Sure. So in the beginning, I um, was love, you know, I'm really passionate about this podcast and uh, unfortunately um, um, I have to go on and do some other things. Uh, uh, I was in full-time ministry and I really felt a calling to that several years ago. Um, I started studying about 30 hours per week on my own time with not, not, not counting school. Uh, and then ended up going into a, a seminary, um, got a bachelor's degree in three and a half years. Um, did over, wow. Started my own little ministry, if you will, had over 150 salvations and, um, what, four years, um, countless healings, casting out demons, you name it. So I really felt called to do that full time. But, um, unfortunately, um, the Lord didn't provide, um, financially. So sometimes there's what's called, oh, I think John Bevere says it, there's good and then there's God. So you could be doing good things for the kingdom, but it might not necessarily be what God um, has for you or wants you to be doing. Um, so in this case, I took a position in the secular world which is a, seems to be a pretty large uh, ministry field in its own. Um, <laughs> it's a little crazy out there. It's worse than I thought. I would say probably 80% uh, maybe of the people I work with are not believers. Um, it's, 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 wow. I, it's, again, it's a lot worse than I thought. So. And Rob, are you getting some cred down there yet? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, and I am, uh, I'm getting a promotion already in record time, so... Um, so the Lord's definitely taking care of me and giving me more of a, a confirmation that I, I don't believe I'm supposed to be in full-time ministry. I, I don't believe that the, the story's over. I mean, I, I still, uh, like the next Tuesday, or excuse me, the last Tuesday of next month, I'll be speaking for two hours at a, um, a drug rehab center. Um, I'm scheduled to do some prison ministry in March. So uh, I'm still doing several things, probably about, instead of you know full-time, maybe three to five hours a week, um, I'm doing evangelism work. So um, more of a the, the pastor role, I'm going to be preaching Christ crucified, you know, um, and, and leading people to the Lord. And, and I've always had that evangelist um, calling on my life. I know that. And um, one of the pastors of a church uh, that I was working with called it power evangelism because there's healing and um, uh, deliverance thrown in there. So um, I'll be continuing to do that. And um, I actually married a couple a couple of weeks ago. So that was exciting. But but more, really, I'm looking forward to the prison ministry and the homeless ministry. Um, I like to go. Uh, I've always felt the broken of the broken of the broken. Um, I've always been able to um, relate to them. Um, they, they, they know that I'm real and authentic. Um, I'll, I'll go into a group of, uh, I did a, a, what was it? A sermon on uh, unforgiveness. 
to a group of about 30 or 40 felons, I think it was. And they started out arms Is that crossed. why you worked out so well here, Rob? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was about, I, again, I can't don't recall the exact number, but I want to say at least 30 or 45 felons and, uh, and people had just gotten out of drug rehab. And they started out kind of arms folded. Uh, and probably the last uh, 10, 15 minutes, they, uh, I would say 80% of them were crying like little babies, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, over, over, it was amazing. And, and at least 50% of them gave them lives of Christ that night. So um, that's really, uh, and then I go, and when I speak at a church, you know, I, you preach, I always throw the gospel in every sermon. I don't, I'm always gonna, but it's, it doesn't have that same uh, feeling. It's more about your teaching. Uh, and I like to teach. It's fun. But uh, Christ crucified, you know, was preaching the gospel to the broken, to me, that's that's where I'm supposed to be at. Um, oh, amen. You know, that's what I like to do. Uh, unfortunately, there's not really a, a way financially to do that. So I'm going to be, again, uh, working in the secular world and um, in some sales, doing some sales, making some money. And then, um, again, um, doing about two, usually two, possibly three outings as far as evangelism a month. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, unfortunately, I can't do the show anymore um, because it just strictly because of time, guys. Um, yep. As you know, I'm a single dad, too. I'm working a little over 55 hours a week. And so, we're praying for a girlfriend. Yeah. Just imagine yeah. how busy he's oh, going to be when that happens. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. So, <laughs> yeah, just quite simply to make this one show, it's taken us almost three weeks to just pull that off to have us all in one place at the same time. So yeah. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm going to love you guys. And one thing I was t- thinking about when we were talking about healing testimonies, write in your personal healing testimonies to the social media, too. We want to hear stuff like that, right? Definitely. Because, I mean, I'll still be – I always follow the show, too. I'll comment on social media if anybody has any questions or whatever. Um, obviously I'll still be in praying for the show, but so just pray for me, um, that I just want to do again, I, I want to do what God wants me to do, what, not what I want to do. So I really would, um, really just, I would love your prayers just to make sure that I hear correctly. Cause I do want to be obedient. Um, the Lord has my hundred percent. Yes. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. So that's all I got. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about the Rob, man. We love some Rob around here. Mm -hmm. We have appreciated him. And uh, let me tell you, he absolutely has a bright future in the Lord. And uh, we are all, this is a big kingdom we work in here. And, you know, God has created us all very unique and very different. And so this is that point where, you know, I will tell you this, probably the biggest thing I can say to anybody is, that and it kind of comes from John Elders, but the, the point is, is that God, when he comes into your life, that he is going to quicken you and that he is going to excite you, right? Mm-hmm. Because he is the most exciting thing. And you'll see that passion comes out. And that's how you know when you really are starting to drudge through your life and you mm-hmm. feel like I'm doing something good here, but it's just a good idea. And like you were saying, maybe not God's timing or mm-hmm. Maybe not exactly what God's doing, but right. when you feel that quickening, that mm-hmm. passion, mm-hmm. does that make sense? And I'm telling you, Rob has passion, mm-hmm. and he absolutely is called to so many things. So we believe, and we're going to be praying for a blessing for Rob. Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, you know, you can see, just like Moses in the wilderness, sometimes we got to take some detours, and yeah. we absolutely <laughs> believe that <laughs> that God is going to work all of those things out, mm-hmm. and uh, that God's going to use you, and you've been a blessing to our show. For sure. Appreciate that. And, and not only that, but, you know, you're, just like I said, just everything when we got going all it's not your, the same without you no uh, no doubt my wife needs it. somebody to interrupt me and <laughs> get a word in edgewise <laughs> yeah and, oh and, and, a, and a cheap plug then if i may so rain down revival is my um ministry it's, it's just on facebook i don't have uh, you know uh, websites and all that so it's just a, a facebook page if you can want to see what i'm doing i'll be posting little things i'm doing here and there so and i would imagine we'll get them back for a show here and there yeah, sure and, of course uh, you can see this is a, a funny but a, a little bit of a funny gig and it works out great for my wife and I and yeah. we're so happy that uh, God has given us a ministry
ministry and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But like, again, we just appreciate Rob, especially yeah. as we were getting started. Rob was so instrumental in giving us mm, ideas sure. yeah, and talking fun. through everything. And uh, so we reconsider him to be a founding member yep. of the Supernatural Junkies. We yes. gave him a big yes. poster today. Got a poster to prove it. Yeah. He's got a poster. He is on there. Yeah, he's it's on like there. he's, he's never looked group. so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the surgical mask. Yeah. We the all surgeons. look so good. The OG, the OG uh, poster. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the OG, yeah. Right, is it? Yeah, I well, I have an OG poster for you as well, but this, oh. the circus one is the newest one. Oh, okay, got it. So, yeah, we're definitely going to miss you, Rob. Oh, I appreciate it. It's fun. Like I said, it's still come back for um, uh, I got one I've got him lined up for, so Uh-oh. we just got to try and schedule him. Yeah. We'll, we'll work it. We'll yeah, work he's it a hard in. act to follow. Well, you know, there's, there's so many conspiracies out there, and remember, there's a conspiracy mainly against God, and we will eventually mm. try and get into some of you know, what we know is going on in the world. But sometimes the people that we think are friends and are actually on our side are actually the ones that could be also, you know, the spies. There, there really is spies among us. And uh, yeah. so we, we do the best we can on our podcasts and we try and use a lot of articles and we, we try and let the Bible be the last word with respect to spiritual stuff. Sure. But we do have to depend. I mean, even I am. I'm only an expert so far. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to depend Dep- on that. People that are experts in their field at what they mm-hmm. do. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. So just remember, so. the Lord is the one we're following. That's right. Everybody that's right. here, we Always. are following Jesus. And that's that's just the way that it is. It's a safe play. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. nowhere else to go on this. And uh, so well, let me just pray real quick. And uh, okay. Lord Jesus, we, we reach out to every person in the world. We know we have so, so many people listening to this and are going to be thinking about their children. We pray for our children, Lord God, in your name, Jesus. We ask that you'll pray for these children and and we just ask that you put a hedge of protection around these children, Lord Jesus. Break this this spirit of confusion, Lord Jesus, this strong delusion that has come over where people are willing to sacrifice their children for a narrative that doesn't even make sense. And uh, Lord Jesus, we also right now just pray a blessing over Rob Wren. And, uh, you know, I found out the other day when I was calling, I said, call Rob the Wren. And my, and my phone says, you can't call two people at the same time. <laughs> so it doesn't know who that is. But yes. anyways, but Lord Jesus, we pray a blessing upon Rob, Lord Jesus, in his ministry, in his business, in his family, and his friends. And most importantly, Lord God, that you will provide and open the doors. I pray that you will continue to distill down inside of him what he is called to do, that you have a great and mighty calling upon him and upon his life and everything. And I know, Lord God, that you're going to bring him into a state of rest and where he has some abundance, Lord God. And in that place that you will have sorted out all those things. And we are so thankful that you are the one that helps us and guides us in every way. And we we pray this for the world, the whole world. We are all under a state of confusion and delusion. And I just pray for those moments, Lord God, we have with you. And uh, Lord Jesus, we love you and appreciate you. Rob, say a prayer for our listeners before we let go. Yeah, yeah. Just Lord, I just pray that uh, anyone who has any type of anxiety or fear, Lord, that you just replace that fear with your love, because we know that they just they don't they cannot coexist, Lord. Yes. We just pray for protection over all the listeners, Lord, and their families, Lord. We pray for the the double portion, just yes. like um, just like Elijah received from Elijah, Lord. That they just receive the, the double portion in life, whether that be uh, provision or whatever they're asking for, Lord. Just and more than that, they just grow a uh, and just seek you more and develop that personal relationship. Then when it comes down to it, that's what the Lord wants more than anything else, Lord. Uh, we we just pray protection over every one of them, their childrens, their children's childrens, and just uh, any any um, negativity or false accusations that's been ever set against them. Just yes. replace those with blessings, Bless all, all curses with blessings, and just bless them, Lord, and just um, have them share the gospel, Lord, share the gospel, Lord, because in these times we just need to uh, we need to focus on Your face, Lord. So we just pray, Lord, that You just um, uh, anyone who's hearing this who does not know You, Lord, we just ask that You just um, just loosen their hearts, Lord, that they just receive you, Lord, that they can hear my voice and just know that, that uh, the Lord is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the truth, the light, and the way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. We love you. And God bless you, Pastor Rob. Yes, Rob. Yo. Wish you the best. 
Thank you to our loyal subscribers and listeners. We really appreciate you guys. And we want to let you know about SupernaturalJunkies.com. If you sign up for the newsletter there, you'll be the first to know about anything that's happening with us, any events we might be doing. And also Kevin's book, The COVID Beast, is out now and available on Kindle. You can get that on our website. And the Audible version, as well as the softcover book, should be out in a few weeks from now. Signing up for that newsletter will get you in the loop to be the first to hear about it. We're also going to be coming out with SupernaturalJunkies.com gear with that cute cartoon logo. Because some of you have been asking about that, we're going to have it on mugs, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as stickers and magnets. If you want in on that, like I said, sign up for that newsletter. Also, if you love our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could write us a review on any of the platforms you listen on or share this with anyone you think might be interested. I know we harp on it all the time, but that's because that review helps us get found. It helps boost us on the algorithm, and that's why we're always asking. So, Because we don't have a lot of reviews right now, so that would mean the world to us. Once again, we appreciate you guys. So grateful for you. Thank you, and have a blessed week.